0: For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another stunningly interesting conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. And they are always really interesting. Are they, Di? Yeah, they are. So we are thrilled today and really honored to welcome a really special guest, Dr. Barry Sears, who has been in this arena from a nutritional foundational medical perspective for a long time. You know, As always, his bio is in the show notes. We're going to use our time here talking to him instead of telling you about him. You're going to learn about him as we talk. So, Dr. Sears, before I ask you our first question, I want to preface it a little bit. And this is unusual, but as I mentioned to you as we were talking earlier, nutrition played a foundational change in my family dynamic when my kids were little. My eldest child was particularly complex and at one point had a list of about 8 to 10 diagnoses and we had no idea where to start, and I went to the psychologist with tears in my eyes, and I said, what do I do? So where do I start? And she looked at me, and she said, you start with a metabolic. And she sent me to a stunningly wonderful nutritionist who specializes in complex kids. There's actually a chapter in, in Kelly Dorfman's book about my child called The Bipolar Child Who Wasn't, because it, in our case, it was uh, removing gluten from the diet had a significant Impact the kid. My child went from off the charts emotional liability to within the realm of normal in two weeks. And as we'll talk about today, clearly inflammation had a big role to play in that. And yet, I'm very careful to say that this is not a panacea, and it doesn't work for everyone. And it didn't eliminate all of their issues. It just reduced the toxic load to help us manage their issues. And so, I want to set the stage for this conversation with that context because I think. The metabolic is is fundamentally important as a foundation because when our kids are have you know toxicity in their bodies or their bodies are unsettled, it makes it really hard to help them settle their minds. So I want to set that framework and again welcome you and invite you to tell us in your words a little bit about who you are and what's the work that you do to support families of complex kids, and then how you came to be doing this work.
2: Well, the work I do is really understanding that linkage that you talked about between metabolism, our diet, and inflammation. And we understand now that inflammation is really the underlying cause of virtually every chronic disease state. And yet, much of that inflammation is diet-induced. So, what I've been studying really now for the last 40 years is how our diet impacts not only the generation of inflammation, but the resolution, the turning off Of inflammation. Uh, That will itself will basically solve every disease? Of course not. Mm. But it's a foundation. And it's like building a house. If you don't have a foundation, it's not going to be a very good house. So it's been a very, very wonderful, uh, fascinating journey for the last 40 years of understanding how basically our diet has such a great impact on how our body responds, and more importantly, how to dampen down the fires of inflammation that affects every organ in the body, including the brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So, when I was doing some research about you, there was something about the the Nobel Prize turning the course of your
2: research. What got you to see the value or the importance of this? Well, that Nobel Prize you mentioned was awarded in 1982, almost 40 years ago. Uh, And what it was, it was the understanding of how certain fats could affect hormones. They're known as acosinoids. But these are the hormones that cause inflammation. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I basically said, aha, because at the time, I was doing work in terms of developing drug delivery systems for anti-cancer drugs. So I said, this may be a much more facile area. So I started to focus and say, how could I control inflammation, not by a drug, but using diet as if it were a drug? And that has led on to basically a of, of, of fascinating journey on virtually uh, a great number of disease states, but really the most interesting ones are the neurological. Yeah. The well,
3: and diet what's coming, as if it's a drug. I just yeah. love that, well, that conversation. And, and what I, what's coming from me as you're saying that is that so much of our work is – or not our work, but the work that's out there is things – not to eat things, not to, you know, the things to avoid inflammation. But what you're suggesting is that it's the opposite, which is this sort of, what do you do to manage inflammation with your diet? Is that what you're saying?
2: Exactly. Really turning off inflammation. Now we need some, otherwise we would never be able to basically fight off microbes uh, or have our physical injuries heal, but you have to turn it off. If you don't turn it off, bad things happen. And so basically our diet is uh, really a powerful tool vastly more complex than any drug that allows us to modulate, to keep inflammation within a zone, not too high, but not too low. And the better we're able to do that, the better we're able to take care of our future. And so it's a powerful concept, but people say, it's—it's so everybody's an expert in nutrition. Well, it turns out that that's not the case. Because <laughs> right? nutrition, nutrition is incredibly complex. complicated, which
1: and, is why uh, doctors don't get it in medical school. It's way too much for them to learn, yeah. right?
2: <laughs> and, and, uh, and much of our knowledge was basically only recently discovered. So what you don't learn in medical school, say, well, it doesn't make any difference. But the fact is our knowledge of, of how basically our diet controls inflammation and resolves it is basically, I think, the real next area of medicine for the 21st century.
1: Mm-hmm. Just quickly, in my experience, when we came to this realization, we had this dramatic shift. The then challenge was to get doctors to believe us. Yeah. Because at that time, there was a lot of dismissal. And we thankfully had a psychiatrist who, who looked at the data and said, and I had testing. I was very lucky that we had, had pre and post evaluation because we were having a psych ed done. And so the psychologist separated it and we were able to see the results. And so I had a psychiatrist who was willing to say, okay, well, let's consider this. Let's try this. But that was very rare. And I think it's still
2: fairly rare. I think, well, I think that has not changed in 40 years. Yeah.
3: Well, and when you add to that, the fact that so much of our understanding of the brain and neurobiology is so new as well, you've got two really new modalities coming together. And so this is exciting to be at a place where we can learn new things that can really make a difference for our families.
2: Well, and again, like I said it, it cuts through the entire spectrum. It's obviously a key and, uh, for uh, any type of neurological condition, but it's every physiological condition. Everything that basically bedevils our healthcare system, basically all roads lead back to basically disturbances in the dietary control of inflammation and its resolution.
1: Yeah, and so now we have anti-inflammatory restaurants, and um, I, I, we have, again, there are all these ways that we're looking at this issue. What do What do you you said something about about this? I love this notion of if diet is a drug and paying attention to what we put in the system. What do parents need to understand from your perspective about that?
2: Well, they have to understand basically of there's a little discipline involved of and saying you know, and your grandparents and great grandparents had a, a a pretty good idea. Uh, example no of uh, child 30 or 40 years ago could leave the house until they had a tablespoon of cod liver oil, liver oil.
1: Yeah.
2: oh most disgusting food knowing the mankind of but it was tough love so that the parents gave every kid that tablespoon of cod liver oil it turns out cod liver oil is very rich in omega-3 fatty acids and those are the key components they have to be in the diet to turn off inflammation. And your grandmother also said, yeah, you can't leave the table until you eat all your vegetables. (laughs) Again, she was giving some very unique insight into how to control our gut because now we know there's a very, very intricate pathway between the gut and the brain. And that gut-brain axis is also very important in terms of controlling various neurological conditions. So we've had this knowledge for many years, but it kind of fall by the wayside. It can't be this simple.
1: So, can you speak a little bit more? Because, again, I was I was a pariah when I started talking about the brain-gut connection. And, and I used to describe my kid as having neurological celiac disease because it sounded enough for people to take me seriously when I would go into a restaurant and say, I need to see the number 10 can in your in your restaurant. Yeah. So, talk a little bit about what has happened about, about this brain-gut connection because it's, it's huge.
2: Well, and we think of the gut as, you know, it's really our second brain. Our first brain is up here. It looks really smart. It's nice and white. It looks really wise. Our second brain, which is our gut, doesn't look very smart at all. It stinks. It's slimy. And uh, uh, it says it, what does it do? It turns out it's really that communication system that allows our food to go directly to the brain, not by bypassing the blood completely. So it gut's hard to tease apart. But as we're teasing it apart, we say, you know, our diet especially the fiber in our diet, is a very, very integral part because it can affect the brain. So now we go back to the aspect of saying, listen to grandma. You take your cod liver oil, you eat your vegetables. And all of a sudden, these now, these old of, you know, sybilis are now basically making perfect sense at the cutting edge of 21st century neurobiology. Yeah.
3: So, you button. didn't say this earlier, but the vegetable, so the cod liver oil is the omega three and the vegetables are the fiber. Is that exactly kind of the, four or
2: the two? Okay. Exactly. And it's not saying this is the end all be all, but it's a, again, it's a it's foundation. It's a good place to
3: start. Right. <laughs> well, it's a, if it's just those two things, it's very different. I mean, parents come to us all the time. It's like they're sort of trying to get their kids to eat healthy, which, you know, to, to different people means different things, but if you and just the, said, and the
1: power struggles are real, let's yeah, the power
3: struggles are real. And but what you're doing is simplifying it. It's just a sort of how do you increase the omega threes? How do you increase the fiber? You're not talking about taking away a bunch of stuff and depriving kids of things they want to eat. You're just talking about boosting their diet in a way that makes sense. So is are there easy ways to do this?
2: Well, uh, the easiest way for the the omega three fatty acids is taking fish oil. And that's where we start our work in terms of neurological aspects. Our first studies were published in uh, 2006 in children of ADHD. Uh, and here we, we worked with one of the pioneers in the field, Ned Holloway, who basically, um, Hollowell, basically um, yep. uh, really opened the whole field of ADHD. And what we basically did was to take these children and basically gave them uh, all under uh, Ned's uh, supervision, uh, high levels of omega-3 fatty acids. Now, are, do you guess what the high levels are? No, you measure. We had developed a, a, a simple tube tool requiring only a, a drop of blood to measure the levels of these omega-3 fatty acids in the blood. As we gave them high levels of these omega-3 fatty acids, we could see the levels of the omega-3 fatty acids increase. And with that, a dramatic reduction of their symptoms, and more importantly, found that the, the ratio of the omega-3 fatty acids to um, other fatty acids, again, once they reach a certain breakpoint, there was a dramatic difference in terms of impulsivity, in terms of behavioral control, and once that was uh, stopped, then basically all the symptoms would return. So we all had already had a linkage right there in terms of basically omega-3 fatty acids, and controlling neural transmission. We've since done more studies with major uh, uh, childhood depression. We see exactly the same things. Dose response curves, looking at high levels of omega-3 fatty acids, having a a dramatic effect on reducing their symptomology. And uh, more importantly, we've also now done some initial studies in autism, probably the most difficult of, of neurological conditions. We see the same thing. As the ratio of these fatty acids increases in the blood, the ability of the child to respond is dramatically improved. So that we're opening up an area that virtually every aspect of neurological conditions, whether it be uh, childhood disorders or adult ones such as Alzheimer's, what they are, they're disturbances of metabolism in the brain. And one step, one important step, is to basically rebalance the fatty acids in the brain, and that can only be done. By the diet.
1: I want to bring this home for people who are listening and make this really real, because, again, I was really fortunate to have a nutritionist who was, had been a chemist and who really understood what you're talking about. And what she said to me in those days was, we're going to borrow from autism. And we put my child on what I would describe a little less technically, as massive doses of fish oil, <laughs> probably about 3,600 milligrams. It was about six times, five or six times what the, dose oh, I, of the I, bottle would have been.
2: I would call that low dose.
1: Well, <laughs> now you would, but this was 20 years ago. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and this was under the supervision of, yep. of care. I want to be really clear. I did not do this independently, but it was so dramatic that we were actually able to treat my child's childhood depression and anxiety for about four years before they hit puberty fairly significantly, but it was it took not only the supervision and the and the focus, it also took the buy-in from my child. The only reason I was able to do it was because I was able to work with my kid to take six massive, you know, horse pills a day. And so I don't want to lose that piece that if, if you're talking now there's a whole lot more mechanisms for
2: delivering fish oil
1: than there were 20 years ago.
2: And again, it's all about, you know, saying you're sick from an observer's data point of one, a very important data point, uh, your child saying something happened here. Now, how can I get this in into my child on a consistent basis? And you're quite right. There's new ways of doing this in terms of emulsification. But again, like any drug, it's a dose response curve. So this is why the the studies I talked about in terms of our initial studies of ADHD uh, you're using about, oh, three and a half grams of omega-3 fatty acids. we were using 15 mm-hmm. because we can speed the process up. You can see it. Yeah. And so it's all about saying, first of all, you have to buy into the science. Mm-hmm. And it's very complex science. Second, you have to buy and say, how can I make it easy for my child to basically take the levels I need? And more importantly, how can I measure, am I giving the right dose? Can I give too much? Of course you can. Can you give too little? Of course you can. That's why the blood will tell us. The blood gives you unique aspects that say, I can titrate the dose for the child because every child will be genetically different. So it's likely saying, what's the ideal dose? The blood will say me how I can adjust the ratio of these fatty acids. And now I basically let nature take its course.
3: So when you say that, Dr. Sears, one of the things that comes to mind immediately is you know, the supervision and, and who are the kinds of people to go to? Because parents, what you're describing, we can't test our kids' blood. We can't tell whether it's too much or too little. You know, what are the kinds of providers, what are the kinds of resources that are out there for parents who are interested in exploring this to connect with?
2: Well, actually, we have, uh, we developed that test, and we actually uh, basically use it uh, now in our studies, but we sell it to um, uh, individuals. So they can take a drop of blood, and within, you know, seven days, they get back to the lab results saying. say, where are the ratios? And this is true of every disease state. If this ratio of two fatty acids in the blood is high, your future is bleak. Mm-hmm. As you bring it down, your future is much brighter. So uh, the tests are out there. They're finger stick tests. They're available to the general public. They do not require a prescription, but you want to find a practitioner who understands what you're dealing with. And that's that's the really the difficult aspect. Because yeah. they say it's it's, it's I, I wasn't taught this in medical school. You're quite right. Because much of these discoveries were basically done after you left medical school.
1: Are they teaching it in medical school yet? No, not
2: yet. And, and, yeah, it and, takes
1: about twenty years for research to get into practice.
2: So. Well, you have to usually wait for the, all the old people to die, and then the new generation <laughs> says, "Hey, I have right. I've found this brand new idea that nobody else has ever thought about." <laughs>
1: So we will put the information in the show notes for people who are interested. And I want to reiterate that if you decide this is something you want to do with your kid, I want let us let us support you in figuring out how to get your kids buy in before you start pricking their their hand. Because if you start the process without their them being on board with you, you're going to get that resistance that's going to make it really hard to get their adherence and compliance. Well, if you really yeah, yeah. want to partner with your kid in this process not completely push them away
2: you have to be a coach yeah (laughs) you know the the, the coach can't play the game for the athlete but you can say and here are the benefits if you listen to what i'm telling you to do so again uh, this is all the aspects of parenting uh how to get uh children who tend to be of you know are basically developing of independence to say buy into the solution yeah and say that we think we have a way out let's work together as a team
1: Right, and what's in it for them? Not just I want you to eat your vegetables. That makes me a good mom. <laughs> but I want you to be eat your vegetables so you don't have a tummy ache. It's a whole different conversation.
3: Can we? Well, is I, there? Oh, I was just going to say, is there two? You were just said vegetables, and it reminded me like we've been talking about the omegas. What? Tell, give us like the the short answer about the fiber piece of it as well.
2: Well, the fiber is uh, that we can't digest fiber, but the bacteria in our gut can, and they're uh, byproducts which are called metabolites, those are the ones can strongly affect uh, behavior because they can travel directly from the gut directly to the brain. And now these you know, metabolites, they are very, very powerful activators of uh, very ancient pathways in every cell in the body. But if you don't have the fiber in the diet, the bacteria in the gut can't break them down. And all of a sudden, you've cut off a very uh, long-standing relationship between our diet and brain function. Mm-hmm. So, again, these are all so complex uh, that, again, our, our science is still almost primitive, but the implications are massive. Yeah, indeed.
1: So, it's hard to believe, but we're at that point where we want to ask you if you can let us tell people how they can get in touch with you and, and find out more information.
2: Well, uh, my website is drsears.com. And this is just a, really an informational website that talks about inflammation And its resolution. And uh, then, you know, if they like to leave messages, I'd be more than happy to address their concerns. Because if you're a parent who has a child with uh, neurological problems, you're at wits' end. All of a sudden, I'll do a Google search saying, stop, stop, you're you're killing me. But you do need information. And what we've had in in the last 20 years is really basically abdicating dietary control to pharmacological control. And uh, this is you know, basically not getting to the basis, saying we have to understand problem is real, and basically there's data. And that's why the, the key thing is saying, show me the published data that this type of intervention can have a benefit. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we follow science. But if we follow just basically, I think, that's not science. And therefore, we get in a rabbit hole that was very hard to get out of. Yeah, that's really helpful.
3: So we've been talking a lot about a variety of different things. Dr. Sears, is there anything that we've missed? You know, kind of a a last check in with you to say, is there anything that we want to make sure that parents hear about this connection between diet and
2: the brain? Two things. One, it's very complex. Mm -hmm. Two, it says you are basically the commander of the army. You basically control the diet of your child. Now you have to apply every parenting skill using stealth technology to make the make make the tools work and uh that's uh really the the, you know problem all parents say how can i get my child to do the right thing so i basically use my stealth parenting skills so it's difficult but the outcome the outcome is you know of well worth all the effort
1: i remember putting sneaking spinach into meatballs so (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's and technology. Great.
1: And pucker contests for kale to get them to compete with each other for who could eat the most kale without going sour. Oh. You know, all kinds of creative things to get them to love their vegetables. But it takes effort. And to the parents out there who are listening, we know you're exhausted. We know you're beleaguered. <laughs> so you know, take a couple of breaths. You don't have to do it all at once. And yeah, baby chains, steps. Baby yep. steps. You know, use the model to help you begin to get the buy-in. And as Dr. Sears says, know that it's a coach approach over time. You will coach your child to really see what they want for themselves and get their buy-in to it.
2: And the most important aspect, the science supports it. Yeah, This is not saying, I guess, or I think. It's saying, here's what the science tells us. These uh, nutrients, especially the omega-3 fatty acids, these are incredibly powerful drugs that have no toxicity. But, you know, the fact is, I have to get them into the body. That's why they're called essential fatty acids. The body cannot make them.
1: Well, you said earlier that you can take too much. So what, because you just said there's no toxicity. So yeah, close that, that's, that I, loop for I, us a little bit.
2: Because that's why we always use the blood test. So we titrate to goal. So we basically say, we use the same, because each calorie different, what is the amount they need to bring them down into appropriate ratio? where the science says that is where basically things begin to happen. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so
3: much, Dr. Sears. Can we wrap up with just a fun quote or a motto that you like to to leave with parents today?
2: The One I always like is, discipline will set you free. Discipline will set you
1: free. Love it. Awesome. Dr. Barry Sears, thank you very much for being with us, for sharing your wisdom, and really for the body of work that you've done over the course of your career. You've really made a huge difference for for thousands, millions of families. So thank you for your work.
2: Well, thank you for the opportunity of being on your show. I enjoyed
3: it very much. Thank you, parents, for being here. Remember, at the end of the day, whether it's about you or about your kids, you're the one that can make the difference.
1: Take care, everyone.
0: You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.